record. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the XX Mormon podcast. We are uh, here with a very special sacrament meeting. Uh, fan favorite, uh, Sister Jensen, is uh, is joining us up on the stand. She's sitting there with her with her husband, Bishop Jensen, who we all know and love as the father of our ward. Sister Jensen, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's yeah, it's it's uh, delightful to have you. We really appreciate the sweet spirit that God's daughters brings to uh, bring to these meetings. Speaking of sweet spirits, we are going to talk about EFY today and uh, and church camps, the place and trek. I think we trek. can throw trek in there Let's too. Let's throw trek. Let's throw Moroni's quest. Uh, what what camps did you guys do growing up? So I did girls camp, EFY, and trek. I just did young men's camps. You never did any um, of like the big... How did you big... not have to do an over... Or like a trek or anything? So my mom, as much of a TBM as what she is, she went to BYU and BYU made her extremely cynical of mm. certain church things. So when they started doing the rah-rah meetings for a trek in our state, because they only do trek in Moroni's Quest like once every four years, right? Yeah, like it's a yeah big something like that. Production. Yeah, And so they had all these rah-rah meetings because they were going to do a trek in our stake. And my mom's like, this is stupid BYU crap. And then she's like, also, my ancestors didn't cross the plains so that you could go out and pretend to cross the plains. Right. This is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And so that was the only church-sponsored activity my parents did not make me do. Interesting. Do you, Are you, like, disappointed it, by that? Not at all. Okay. And I remember I actually had... Um, a, a very much beloved seminary teacher of mine who actually became our bishop when we were engaged, um, just basically in tears, begging me to go on track, telling me the rich spiritual experience I would have. Really? And, and his disappointment that I was choosing not to go. And I, I just told him straight, I was like, nothing about these rah-rah meetings is making this sound like something I would be sad to miss. Mm. To this day, I still hold it against my parents that they made me go on trek. That was one of my first shelf items, I think, as like a 14-year-old. Really? Oh, well, I was so I, bad about it. I hated it. Yeah. So let's let's I'll I'll kick this off just talking about what I remember about the rah-rah meetings, and then you guys can get into the blood and guts of like decapitating and gutting a chicken <laughs> on trek. Turkey, turkey. Turkey. But I remember these rah-rah meetings, and they're like, you know what? You just eat an orange and that's all you eat for the whole day after hiking and pushing a, a, a handcart, but you just feel the the spirit so strong while you're like sleeping on bare ground. And I'm like, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Like, count me out of this stupid thing. I'm like, Mom, I'm not going on this stupid thing. She's like, Yeah, this is stupid BYU crap anyway. You're not going on it if you don't want to. Okay, my brother went on it, but I didn't. My our parents, they didn't they were like, if you don't want to go, you don't have to. And I was like, Yeah, count me out of this bull crap. See, I was youngest of five. And so when I was younger, like not youth age, my parents were Trek, Ma and Pa. So mm. they were like leaders of a family on Trek. And they made it seem like it was so fun. I remember seeing pictures and like their Trek looked so fun. So I wasn't even like scared or nervous to go on Trek because I thought it was just going to be like a big fun camping sleepover where you wear costumes, right? Yeah. And then my Trek, oh, it was like, it was just terrible. Tell like. Tell us everything terrible about it. Okay, well, for those who don't know, Trek is like a four to five day, three, four, five day camping trip where you all pretend to be 
the pioneers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to dress like a pioneer. Girls have to wear the long dresses. Like my mom hand sewn mine. Like you have to wear bloomers, all these things. You can't have any worldly devices. You can't bring your phone, anything like that. And pretty much you hike and like replicate the pioneers trekking. And they heavily ration your food, right? Yeah. In water, like they try to put you in pioneer conditions. Like people die doing these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, funny story is so like as a youth, I would actually like faint a lot if I did not eat regularly. Okay. Like I think it was a blood sugar thing. And so like my mom went before trek, she went and got me like all these power bars and like granola bars and everything. And she's she's like, Oh, well, they'll let you have these. And she even like wrote a note that says Ashley has to always have some food in her stomach. Or I mean Sister Jensen. Anyways, and then so I go to Trek and they have like a check-in point and the parents went through all my gear and threw out all my granola bars. They just and threw I said, it like, out. Here's a note from my mom, like a well-known woman in the stake. Like she's not just trying to like baby me. And they're like, nope, you have to live as the pioneers did. And wow. that was a check-in right before we even started. And I started to cry. I was like, this is bullshit. They're they're trying to make it really re- realistic. They should have had half the men die, and then all the women get in polygamous religion uh, relationships at the end of the trail, and yeah, frostbite. Yeah, com- very convenient on yeah. how they pick and choose the realism on these, right? Right, 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 right. They would have yeah. also had like teamsters like beating pe- beating old people to death who yeah. couldn't keep up. Yeah, you know, it's too- that that would have increased the realism. For the rest of like my church membership, whenever I saw that leader who threw out my stuff, I just had so much anger towards her. Those people, like people who are like intense like that, and we've talked about them before on the podcast, who like take it way too seriously, they ruin Mm -hmm. it for everybody. Oh yeah. yeah. Like even even like the totally active TBMs like hate those people. Because it's Mm -hmm. like you kind of ruined like a fun thing. You know, because camp, camping can be fun, right? I think there's a way to do camping and, and make it fun. But uh, Trek is not one of those one of those ways. Yeah, you think it's going to be fun because you get put into or- families with people not from your ward. Like my mom and Paul were actually from my ward, but the rest of the 12 people in my family for the week were all new from different wards. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be really fun. And then every day it just got worse <laughs> and worse. So tell us about what got worse and worse. Uh, okay, so you get sorted into your families. I don't know if this was just for my stake, but we all had to pick new pioneer names. Mm. Um, and that's what we were called for the rest of the week. And What were you called? I was... Eliza? I don't remember what it was, but then my nickname became Ashley Ashes. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't... I don't Because I remember my Trek name was stupid. So then they're like, well, let's just do something with Ashley. Anyway, so then... So we did it around like a lake here called Cultus Lake. It's like pretty hilly and stuff. So we like started our hike. And I remember like at the end of the first day, we were all so tired. And they're like, here's a cup of broth. And that was it. That's for it? For the night. Like this is child abuse. Yeah. It was a cup of broth and I think <laughs> yeah. maybe one slice of bread. <laughs> and, and just like in the name of realism. In the name of like, you're going to connect with your pioneer ancestors. Yeah. And like the thing that they don't tell you is about how the horror stories 
of mm-hmm. uh, of the the Saints migration was it was only the Martin Willie handcart companies who had a tough time and they only had a tough time because of the leader's religious delusion. Right. Like we're going to leave before winter, but God will bless us. Right. And everybody's like, no, you cannot leave. You need to wait until the spring. Yeah. Like John Larson did a big, a big expose on on this, uh, on, on Mormon stories. So we don't need to get into it too much, but that's the other part is like, if you want to make this real realistic, you need to have psychotic leaders who are making you do dumb things yeah. to make this. But I guess like in Trek, they really do encapsulate that because you do get psychotic leaders who do make you do stupid things. Yeah. And what you should be learning from Trek is to not follow what your leaders tell you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a real learning <laughs> they life tell you lesson to do... from the, uh, the Martin and Willie handcart companies. Yeah. Oh, it's so dumb. And okay. So what about this Turkey? You, you had to gut and kill a turkey? Okay, yeah. So I'll save that for a bit because okay. you do your turkey on like your last night. Okay. Um, but anyway, so like that first night after we had like our broth and bread, they, they always encourage you to like journal every day at Trek and talk about all your spiritual experiences. And I remember writing in my journal that day, Trek is not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at night they have you all sleep under a tarp and the ma and pa lay in the middle <laughs> And then all the girls on one lay side. on one side of Ma, and all the boys lay on one side of Pa, just under a big tarp. Very weird, very uncomfortable now that I think about it. And then as a girl, I was 14. I did not know my cycle yet. I got my period on track. And For your first that time? Was not my first okay. one, but like it was only a couple, you know? Right. And so that totally ruined my experience as well because – Nobody had stuff to help me. They didn't. They so didn't think to bring to no tampons, no tampons, no pads. No pads I'd like packed an emergency supply in case. But like, I was a fourteen-year-old girl. I was like dying of cramps. I was freaking hungry. I like had minimal supplies. It was just like, what? and I there. They had a nurse there, but the nurse like barely had anything either. It's because we're hauling all this shit up mountains. No one thought to pack like things for women going on, like starting their period. Yeah. You've got young girls there. Like, that's like a no brainer. That's what happens when all your activities are planned by men. We, well, we probably had more pads on my scout camps than than you did on, on Trek. <laughs> but the thing is, they're like, don't like... be worldly. Only bring two changes of clothes. Only bring two outfits. And so, like, uh... that night I'd slept in one of my Trek dresses. And the next morning it was dirty. And so I only had one dress for the rest of the week. Holy cow. And then, okay. That's brutal. Yeah. And then, and then like, if I needed to go, like, you know, do my business while we were in the middle of a hike everyone had to wait for me it was so awkward because you're all like in a big assembly line did you have to like did you have to like think about what you're gonna say yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) they were not prepared or equipped with women's feminine hygiene products i'm just wondering about disposal right Right. did Did they just just, like dig a a hole or did you just throw honestly i threw it in the woods and i'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> just some biker who's like what the <laughs> what is this that that's pretty funny did they i'm curious what they did about like the rest of the garbage though did you just have like were there Yo, porta potties did they know. bring porta potties on this camp no there were no porta potties so were you digging a hole to take it? oh you know what okay so when we would stop overnight I think they were at kind of like campsites because okay. i remember one night there were pot- porta potties but another night we had to like dig holes and all that stuff I get, like if you're not eating any food and you're not drinking any water yeah. bathrooms 
that problem kind of fixes itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then in the I don't have to pee today. Oh, I'm so dehydrated. Then, like, on day three of Trek, they do this thing called the women's pull, which is like the stupidest thing ever. They pick the hardest hill on the entire camping trip and say, okay, all the brethren step back. This is the women's pull. And this represents all the women who did it. And, and it sucked. We had to pull hand carts through like a muddy swamp and then up a hill for like two kilometers. And like some girls were like crying and like giving up and... But then don't they get the boys to help at the end to represent like the angels who helped the women? Yeah, the boys helped at the very end. Yeah. Wow. God, that just sucks even thinking about it now. Yeah. See, the church isn't sexist. It lets <laughs> women pull handcarts on camps. To teach them a lesson, a yeah. valuable lesson. Yeah. So are we at the turkey part yet? Yeah. So the last night before, like your last sleep before you go home the next day, they're they say there's going to be a great grand feast and all of a sudden you see some men from the ward pulling up to camp and they bring turkeys in these cages and they say, okay, you all need to, they, they're going to let the turkeys loose. You all need to catch a turkey, kill it and prepare it to eat. So then like the weird boy in the steak caught the turkey and killed it, right? Well, so each family had their own turkey. And oh, so okay. the weird boy was not in my family. He like, he thrived on like killing animals and yeah, oh. that's that's where he is in his life right now still. But or did he like chase and snare rabbits and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like at youth rabbits. conferences. He'd go find rabbits. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So like my, we had to capture a turkey. They'd hang it upside down on a tree. Like I remember I had to pluck the feathers and like, there was a girl in my group who was like a vegetarian, like really into like animals and everything. And she was like crying, would not do it. I think she even like threw up. And then uh, they prepare the turkey and we bury a pit and put it in with rocks and coal or whatever and enjoy oh. the turkey. And honestly, it wasn't that good. Yeah. Like, but I mean, when you've been starving for a week. Like. I heard about the the trek they did in our steak. They kept the turkeys in the handcarts the whole time, and so like there were certain youth who were like naming the turkeys and befriending oh, the turkeys, no. and then they had to kill the turkeys. So oh, that became that's like so cruel. But this, you think about this whole thing. This is like child abuse. Yeah, yeah. This is insane. Like we we actually had to chase it. We had to rope it, hang it on the tree. I don't remember exactly how it got killed, mm -hmm. but. But then, like, me and these girls are, like, plucking feathers. Like, sorry, turkey. Like, it's one thing to work on a farm and understand butchering animals, but to just drag some kids out, starve them, and then make them kill and pluck an animal. And cruelly. Like, yeah. 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 It's like, this is, you just scar these kids emotionally and then give them some respite and then tell them that that is the spirit. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's it. That's like, oh. that's like torture. That's how they uh, manipulate people. Yeah. In like prison it's camps. Just, it is insane. In, the, in this area though, they did another trek, right? And one of your friends was out hiking. Yeah. So no, 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 no. So something, this is a good trek story. Do you want me to tell it right now? Yeah. Yeah. Tell it. Okay. Yeah. So 
just like a, I don't know, I was probably about 20. I was on Instagram or Facebook and one of my non-Mormon friends who knew nothing about Trek or anything, yeah. she was up at her cabin in uh, Northern BC. Yeah. Um, like not part of our stake or anything. And across the lake, she sees people doing Trek and she starts filming it. And like, it's like, what are these people like LARPing? Like, what is going on? And she was like making fun of it. And I was just like, oh my God, like Andrew, the, they're doing Trek. This is like a Trek thing. That caught is on camera. Yeah, caught on camera. She's like the Amish or migrating or something. <laughs> She's got no idea what it She's is. She's like, I think they're role playing, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's the oh. weirdest thing when you're Mormon. Like all of these things seem normal. Right. Oh, and then, then we did yeah. Trek. It was like this fun reenactment of like crossing the plains and stuff. And people are like, dude, that's like messed up. Like you got manipulated. Bad. Yeah. We we had a guy in our ward who was Joseph Smith for the Moroni's quest. Mm -hmm. And he like books a couple days off of work, but doesn't tell anybody what he's doing. He says he's like going camping or something like that. Yeah. And then the local newspaper like stumbles across Moroni's thing and they like take a picture of him and ask him what he's doing. And so then on Monday, everybody's like, how was your camping trip? <laughs> yeah, there was like a picture of him in the paper yeah. as Joseph Smith, right? Yeah, oh, that's dressed so up awkward. in like Joseph Smith cosplay. Yeah, that's so awkward. See, even the people involved with it are like, yeah. this is kind of cringy. Yeah. Like, I remember, okay, so are, are you done with Trek? Do you have, is there? Do you have any more Trek gems? Oh, just at the end of every youth camp, you know, there's that testimony meeting mm -hmm. yeah. where you get pressured into bearing your testimony and yeah, yeah. i would never i would never uh join in and i always got judged but you know people just crying oh i know what the pioneers went through now i'm like no you don't know you shit. don't like mm -hmm. yeah well and then they always do the they always do the thing that's like you know the pioneers went through a lot but they're in heaven now looking down on you and thinking wow i don't know how they're dealing with all the all the evil internet that's around pornography them. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so okay so we did um i i never went on trek i was like just the year too young so my older sister Lucky. went on trek and they had each family had a baby i don't know if you did this but each family had a baby that they had to take care of it wasn't a real baby it was a doll oh. that they had to what? like carry around and they made the girls like carry this doll like was it one of those babies that like cries occasionally or no, no? it was just like a really basic just like a doll yeah 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 just plastic and fabric right and That's weird. uh and they carried it around but then this is like i thought this was so funny as like a 13 year old but they made like a facebook profile for this doll <laughs> and like everybody everybody in the trek family and like a bunch of other people in the stake like friended this baby on, on Facebook. Would uh, some of them have to like, would they do like one in 10 out of you have to bury this baby doll? I think they might've had to do that actually. Let what? me see. No. I think they actually like, let me. Some families had to bury the doll. And then Could now there's going to be hikers in like Kananaskis being like, there's some weird. <laughs> some weird. <laughs> okay. There's a turkey carcass over here and a buried doll over here. And pads. And, and random like minstrel. I'm, I'm still friends. I'm still friends with this baby on Facebook. <laughs> he and I have three mutual friends. Yeah. Uh, uh, Is one of them me? No, no, that My would wish. be hilarious, though. Uh, he's got, he only has four, or he has, he has five Facebook friends, it says. And uh, yeah, it's just like this picture. It says he, he went to Dr. E.P. Scarlet. 
His birthday is June 29th. <laughs> so right. In 2011. He, wow. In 2011, he posted Blueberry. That was that was his status <laughs> update that I guess my sister did for him. So weird. Oh. So weird. Uh, my mom even posted on his wall, aren't you a little young to be on Facebook? And <laughs> Yeah, just, babies can't type. Yeah, so, so strange. So, uh, but then, so I never did Trek, but I did. So we did Helaman's Encampment, which was okay. just guys. It was, it was just like, it was like a big scout camp. It was, I right. think all... All the LDS scout groups in Alberta and maybe Saskatchewan and BC as well, or at least like a little bit of Saskatchewan and BC. So it was like this huge thing. And we we go out and of course we have like all the same testimony meetings and, you know, all the time, but they gave everybody uh, pocket knives. And nice. so, yeah, and I might still have mine somewhere. It says Helaman's Encampment on the side. But on the first day, I'm not even kidding. On the first day, they ran out of stitches. Yeah. Yeah. On the, fir- on the first day, they give all That's these boys, right. we drive out there in school buses, all these boys get pocket knives, and they're out of stitches on the first day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everybody's like, I'm going to whittle something. <laughs> and they've oh, got their goodness. fingers in the way. Oh, yeah. it's so bad. And then it was also... Uh, you know how they like change the lyrics to uh, O Canada in yeah. all of us command, yeah. right? And uh, but then everybody was talking about how uh, they took God out of it, which I'm pretty sure God is actually still in the official lyrics of O Canada. Yeah, God keep our land. Yeah, it's still in yeah, there. yeah. Um, but everybody was talking like, oh, they're taking God out of it. But really, all they did was change all our sons to all of us, mm-hmm. which makes sense. That's like, yep. yeah. And, uh, but they, uh, they were like complaining about it. And I remember they put the official lyrics up on the screen and everybody was like throwing a fit, all the leaders and stuff. They were, they were like, no, we're not singing it that way. Like we're, you know, doing it all, all our sons, you know? And, uh, oh e- even then I was like, I don't know. It seems like you're making a bigger fuss out of this than, yeah. you know, than needed. And then um, we also did Moroni's Quest. Did you guys ever do Moroni's Quest? Did you ever hear about that? So I heard about I it. never participated. And my parents were actually called to be in charge of Moroni's Quest right before COVID. So it never happened and it got canceled. Oh. But like I I was already out of the church, but I was helping my mom think of ideas and right. all these things for it. So I know all the prep work that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. So – we it was like a lot we didn't do we just did one hike in like we hiked into some members property and camped out there right because it's more of a camp there in one location right yeah yeah and then you go through like scenes they they larp uh scenes out of the book of mormon right yeah 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 and so we did like a we did like a battle and we had like lamanites and nephites and you know that was kind of fun doing like a place where did they find all the native americans (laughs) did they brown face People for Lamanites? No. Tell the truth. But they did give us like headbands to wear and stuff. Nice. Uh, Were you just like five little Indians kind of like how stereotypically racist not, were not, these costumes? Not too stereotypically. Maybe like a less less stereotypically than you would expect from the church, but still yeah. like inappropriate. 
you know, still like, oh, is this, you know, what, what are you doing out here? And like then, the Book of Mormon Reader when I was a kid basically had like just taken Iroquois. Oh, yeah. And that's what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Like Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. That was the Lamanite. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, and we did all these activities. One of the ones I remember feeling weird about was we had to follow, we had to hold on to the iron rod. And yeah. there was like this string and there were other strings that went other ways. And leaders and stuff, we were blindfolded and we had to follow this thing. And leaders and stuff would come up be around us and, and they would either be evil or good. And Ooh. did the evil the, voices say, hold to your rod, boy. Or did they like <laughs> touch your bum and stuff? No, like, no, this no. is just, uh, no, they would, sounds like a pedophile stream. They, they wouldn't touch us, but they would, they would be like, okay. They, they'd say, okay, you know, uh, step over the log. Watch out. There's a log. There's a log. And they'd be like, really like scary about it. And then, and then sometimes you would like step over the logs. So when you took your blindfold off, you'd see like these stupid kids stepping over logs that weren't there and ducking under <laughs> branches that weren't there and stuff. Uh, but then you had like the, the good leaders. And I think the way they did it, they had like, if a leader knew you, they would be the good voice. And if they didn't know you, they'd be the bad voice. So like teaching you who to trust kind of thing. Right. And okay. uh, yeah, the, it, that was really weird. But the weirdest part, came at the end of it when our state president came Did out. Did they reenact the rape scenes that are described at the end of the Book of Mormon? <laughs> oh, honey, <laughs> no, shut no. up. Let him talk. No. <laughs> uh, our state president came out dressed as Jesus. Oh, my God. No, he did not. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. It was, was it as good as was Michael it... Scott dressed up as Jesus in the office? Was it a handsome white Jesus? Uh, uh, no, kind of like a an oldish white Jesus. <laughs> But they like gave him a wig and a beard to wear, like oh, a really bad goodness. fake beard. Was and, he all in white? Yeah, 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 dressed in white. And he came up over the hill, you know, like they describe in the Book of Mormon. And he had like his hand for it. It was like so Did he have the nail weird. marks in his hand? Yes, yeah. Did you feel no. them? Yeah, oh, yeah. my feel, goodness. Did you feel them and bow down and no, worship him? We, so we all like everybody bowed down. And then <laughs> this is so weird. And then we all like went up one by one and like gave him a hug. And then, and then Jesus told us the words that we needed to hear. It was always like, you are loved. And it's like, I just needed to hear that. It's like, everybody needs to hear that they're loved. It's like, you don't have to How long ago was this? Do you think they still do this? Oh, probably. Probably. This was, uh, uh, I think I was 16. I was, no, I must've been 17. Because I, I know the Trek thing, they no lessons. longer kill the turkeys. Well, in our stake, at least. But yeah, Do you know what? I remember this was just a word activity we did, but it was like a, maybe it was a primary activity. But we kind of walked through different scenes of the Book of Mormon, and we went through the, the church. And in different rooms, they'd have different scenes of the Book of Mormon acted out. And one that was actually cool was like Mormon or Moroni writing their last words in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. So they've got somebody like etching on these fake gold plates and then somebody's like reading out over on a microphone what he's writing. Yeah. And then he's talking about how he's hunted by the Lamanites. And then you hear like Lamanites come, but of course the Lamanites sound is so bad. And then, and then, and that was, that was actually cool. 
because it's yeah. like, oh, wow, like Moroni or Mormon or whatever. They were hunted down and this is, right. you know, this was actually cool for a primary kid. But that's the closest thing I can remember to a, a Book of Mormon cosplay. So weird. Do you remember too with the Book of Mormon story song? They would always do the, the actions. The actions. <laughs> yes. So they've taken those out. They don't like they don't do those in primary anymore, apparently. I know I was a pri in the primary presidency and I that had been ingrained in my head forever. So yeah. when I was there, I started doing the actions and they're like, No. They're like, Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Mom yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that was so bad. Yeah. Okay, so uh then uh, oh, there was this this other thing. This is kind of like a another thing, like just socially what, what the church was like for me growing up. So because my parents were divorced, I was in two different wards. And the uh, these, these two different wards, um, I didn't really fit in either of them because I would, you know, go half the time to one and half the time to the other. And uh, I remember the ward that I was planning on coming to the activity with, to Moroni's Quest with, I go to like put my stuff in the tent and the leader's like, oh, we don't have space for you in the tent because we thought you were going with your other ward. Aww. And I was like, oh, so I just held on to my stuff. I just went to the like food tent and just like sat in a chair with my stuff like sad. And then, and then this is how it grew my testimony. Okay. It rained and everybody's stuff got soaked, but mine. Because I was holding yeah. on to mine. Mine was still in my backpack on my body. And hashtag uh, blessed. Hashtag blessed. And so a bunch of people like went home. And all the people who went home, we viewed them as like sissies, like they were weak, you know. And uh yeah, but everybody's tents got flooded. And my stuff wow. my stuff was fine. So it uh worked out. Jesus blessed me um for being left out, <laughs> I guess. Was everybody like, how is the Lord protecting this son of divorced parents? Yeah, that's exactly that what they said. For some people there, they're like, my parents are still together. Yeah. And I got flooded. <laughs> this divorcee child is being protected. It's such a, yeah, they were all very disappointed. It broke everybody else's testimony, but it, it built up mine. And that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It didn't last very long. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> it worked for about uh, three years. Three years more. Yeah. Okay. So that's Trek. That's Moroni's Quest. Wait. So I just have a question. So mm -hmm. after Moroni's Quest, as a youth, did you think you felt any kind of spirit or appreciation for the Book of Mormon? Uh, yeah. Like, did you fall I into guess... the whole, like, well, this experience really yeah. strengthened me? Or, Elder you know... Jackson's a robot. He has never felt the spirit. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. I did like on all of these camps and stuff, like I always felt like, you know, because you're in a group of people, you're with your friends and people are saying nice things, you know, like you're in a bubble. Yeah. And yeah. You're, like you're yeah. exhausted. You're yeah. hungry. Yeah. yeah. You're and you're easily... reward and you're like praised and rewarded if you yeah. share your experience or your yeah. feelings, right? You're yeah. like in a highly suggestible emotional state. Yeah. 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 So I yeah. So I, I did I did feel that. And I think I used like and I think the, the church does this for exactly this reason is like I would use that as my testimony thing. Yeah. Right. That would be my thing. Like I remember Refer when I was story. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember when I was five, I prayed to find my stuffed animal and I found it. And I remember on Moroni's quest when I hugged Jesus, and like <laughs> I felt I felt the spirit and I felt his love. You know. Um, yeah. So 
I don't know. I, I, I use that. I use that for, for a long time because I definitely felt that. And then, yeah, we did the same thing, like a testimony meeting at the end of it where everybody got up and talked about how wonderful it was. Everybody gets up, everyone cries. Yeah. 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 So really you're just tired and hungry. <laughs> want to go home. Do you guys want to get into just your generic youth camps? My or EFY? Oh, EFY. Yeah. Can I Let's kick do off? EFY yeah, and then you camps. Do, you you kick off EFY Bishop. So I never went to EFY. Yeah. As a as a participant. And I remember coming home from my mission and there was this girl in the ward who was like hardcore EFY. Mhm. And she was recruiting and she's like, oh, you just came home from your mission? Are you looking for summer work? No, got a summer job. Well, would you consider being an EFY counselor? I'm like, no, I got to save for tuition. And EFY pays crap. Yeah. Plus EFY is stupid. Yeah. Like I hated EFY because I saw through it the whole time. Right. Of, of really like you go there to meet chicks. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And you masquerade the spiritual thing. Yeah. And, and you make, you do these things because you're, you're basically like isolated. Yeah. And then even like as a missionary, we me and my some of my companions would would uh they tell me stupid stories about EFY like they'd go and uh and leaders would be like burn all your worldly music and they'd like start throwing away their CDs yeah and but you know my companions would be like they'd be looking at it and saying you know you're you're going to regret this in 2 weeks when this whole you know spiritual isolation thing wears off and you realize you got to live in the real world mm -hmm. and CDs back then were like 20 bucks a pop so people are like throwing away Four hundred, five hundred dollars worth of cash, basically throwing out their worldly music. Did they actually burn it? They actually like just like got rid of it. I think they got rid of it. They didn't like burn it, burn right. it. Right. But they like the leader. This is just one of my companions telling me this story. Like I had a friend do that after EFY. She went home and reevaluated her music collection, yeah. threw out a ton of stuff. It's crazy. So that's yeah, definitely. So I always kind of saw through that crap, and then just never really wanted to participate. So I remember coming home. And then just this girl keeps trying to recruit me. And so I just said, no, like I got a summer job already. It's paying me good money. I need to save for tuition. How much does EFY pay for the week? Yeah, that's like 25% of what I'm making in a week. Okay, out of curiosity, what was EFY paying for a week? It was like 800 bucks for a week. For which, each counselor? Yeah, so 40 hours. No, it had to be less than that. Because you have to like, sleep in the dorms with it the was kids like three hundred bucks right? or something like that. Gross. Yeah, it was like cheap, cheap, cheap. It it was like minimum wage, which back then was around ten bucks an hour. Yeah. So based on like a forty-hour work week, which it was not. Yeah. Um. You know, you're. Yeah. It was a Monday to Friday, but it was kind of an all-day, all-night. Well, thing, the last right? dance is on Saturday. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, she just kept, I'm like, no, I'm making, I was making like 20 bucks an hour building a fence, building fences. So I was like 800 bucks a week. I was like, I'm not making, I can't afford it. You got to save for tuition and shit. Like, yeah, back off. And then she kept bugging me. So then I just ripped her up one side and down the other about like EFY is total bullshit. And this is all the reasons why. Yeah. And she, she's like crying because EFY like molded her testimony. Right. And so then after like two or three years of being home, I end up hitting this depression. And I really just, when you're in a depressed state, you like feel like you just need to recklessly make changes in your life. And I'm like, you know what? I've been kicking against the pricks of EFY for so long. Maybe I should just suck it up and be a camp counselor, right? Yeah. So at this point in time, I'm working for the city of Calgary, making like sweet money. Mm -hmm. And I've got to like book a week off 
And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to volunteer at a youth camp. They're like, what kind of youth camp? I'm like, oh, I'd rather not say. But anyway, like I do it because I think that like, maybe this will give me some better perspective on life or some kind of crap, right? Right. And so you get like evaluated to be an EFY counselor and go through like this soft group interview. I show up to it late. And then this guy from BYU who's like there to evaluate us is like, I'm not so sure about this guy. He's looking at me. And, uh, and the, the main chief recruiter, the recruiter in chief is like vouching for me, which I, I guess I appreciate that she's vouching for me. But I think like, I think he was asking some stupid questions and I was giving cynical answers or not even like cynical answers, but as much as you could like factually say and still be religious. I was like, that's not what the book of Mormon says. That's not what it teaches. Right. Kind of thing, you know, and I remember this guy from Salt Lake after we got the job being like, so just so you understand the uh, the chain of command here, your building counselor reports to your whatever counselor who reports to whoever, who reports to the president of EFY, who reports to the president of BYU, and the president of BYU reports to Thomas S. Monson. And well, we all know who Thomas S. Monson reports to, <laughs> implying Jesus. Yeah. And I like I think I stuck up my hand and I was like, "That's priestcraft." And what are you talking about? And I'm like, to suggest like I'm getting paid to do this as a job, but to suggest that I'm somehow accountable to priesthood leaders means that I'm now preaching for filthy lucre. Did you say that? I said it. I didn't say it to the guy from BYU. Yeah. But I said it to the girl, the recruiter in chief, like the building counselor. I'm like, yeah. this guy is promoting priestcraft. You are paying me to preach to these kids and telling me that I'm reporting to priesthood authority Yeah, and not to like an or a corporate entity Yeah, as a job. I'm preaching for filthy lucre. He's promoting priestcraft. And she's like, well, you can't just take it all that. I'm like, he literally told me that your end responsibility is to Jesus Christ himself. Right. Tell me that this is not messed up. Right, right. Right. And then. Okay. Who is the, who is the recruiter lady? What's the first name? Give me a first, first name. No. We'll tell you off. Okay. 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 Yeah. We'll tell you off. Because I'm. I'm I'm curious. KT are her married initials. KL would be her, uh, her her unmarried maiden initials. Okay, okay. I'm trying. I I don't know if I know who that is, but okay, okay. Well, she would have been because you ended up being a participant when I was a counselor, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you were you were my best friend's counselor. I was your best bud's counselor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Um, why don't you explain the like the concept of VFY if people don't know? It's like where you... Well, I mean, like 90% of our listeners are in Utah. So if you don't know EFY, like you listen to the wrong podcast. <laughs> but in, okay, so especially for youth, it's like this EFY, this special like church brainwashing camp that they do at the end of the, you know, in August for two weeks. They do two sessions. It's pretty highly advertised, at least for yeah. me here it yeah. was. No, yeah. it's highly advertised there too. You got to pay like five or 600 bucks. Yeah, it was expensive. expensive. kid there. Um, they, it's all done on like a university campus. The kids get to stay in university dorms, Yeah, get to live like, you know, adults for the first time in their life. Yeah. And then you just, as their, as their counselor, you get this group of like 12 kids and you're responsible for them and you, you teach them, you go through morning scripture study with them and you take them to all these workshops and activities and classes and you do team building shit and you do spiritual stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then all the workshops are like institute stuff, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, it's they're yeah, like they're pretty and they're usually they run. Dating, they talk about dancing. Yeah, 
and it's like a lot it's run a lot by like ces people like you get like a lot of institute teachers or like the camp directors and you know stuff like that so we like we had to work through the missionary lessons with these kids that was part of it and so part of like our training session i remember we're going through the missionary lessons and preach my gospel and i this was another thing i took issue with is it's like, okay, we're going to practice explaining. Everybody's going to teach a principle the first lesson or something like mm-hmm. that. And the first lesson is about the restoration of the gospel. And I remember this lady being like, yeah, so Joseph Smith was visited by God and Jesus Christ. And they told him that, like, there was a lot of truth in the world, but, um, you know, that no church had all the truth. And so he was going to restore everything back. And then the person who's leading the session is like, yeah, I like what you said about how some religions have some truth and blah, blah, blah. And I raised my hand and I'm like really ticked off. I'm like, excuse me, everything that lady just said is false. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, God said their creeds are an abomination. He did not say they have some truth in some kind of wishy-washy way. Is this in front of all your kids? No, this was like in the training meetings. I'm uh, like, this wow, is, you're really I can't uh, stomach this. shaking things up. I'm, I'm trying to do it. I can't to, believe you got hired as a counselor. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, the, the, the recruiter had to really vouch for me. But I just like I could not take it. It was really, really hard for me to because I'm like, everything you guys are saying is false. Like it's all made up, but everything you guys are saying is watered down false BS. Nobody's actually opening up the scriptures and saying what they say. And so yeah, so I eventually like become a counselor. And I remember they paired me off. Maybe this was like her subtle revenge, but there was this other counselor who was like a little eccentric, did not wear deodorant, and had the worst BO. Nice. But you only sleep like four hours a night, so I only had to put up with it for like four hours a night. Right, And right. Uh, So then I'm leading the kids through all these stupid sessions. And then it's at the University of Calgary campus, and I remember one, one day, or one night, we're doing like a, a wrap-up meeting or something like that somewhere on the campus, and it was down the stairs from a campus bar. And they're having like a toga party or something like that. This guy comes down in a toga. I served my mission in the UK. So like basically from 11 a.m. till 11 p.m., everybody was drunk that I ran into. So I was just very comfortable around alcoholics. Yeah. And so this guy comes down and he's drunk and he's like putting up his hand and asking stupid questions. I'm kind (laughs) of like joking around with him. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But then my co-counselor, this chick just starts bawling her eyes out. And then some of the kids like start bawling their eyes out and like, oh my gosh, like, oh, man. these are the most sheltered people I've ever seen. Okay, let me take this guy aside and, and start answering his questions. And then like my counselor's bawling her eyes out and everybody's looking at me like, how could you do this? I'm like, how could I do what? Yeah. Like, Is how he could asking you not... like inappropriate questions? No, just... he's like just asking like stupid you know, the stupid questions I ask missionaries now actually, which is like, if God's all-knowing, all how can we have free will? Right. Right. Like just stupid, annoying questions, right? But everybody's so uncomfortable by somebody who has considered their faith down. You know, and the and then my co-counselor's like talking about how the spirit immediately left when this guy showed up and blah blah blah. And everybody's like disappointed in me for not being like more macho and dealing with this guy. Right. Like and raising like, your yeah, hand to the square, the square and, and commanding him. him whatever, right? Hey, and you like, guys are on his campus. I love I love those stories though. When when people are, are like, and then I raised my hand, right hand to the square, and I told him, "Get the hand, Satan," and then and then the guy left. It's like, yeah, because you're the weirdo. Like, 
Because <laughs> they were like, I'm not dealing with this. This is so weird. So basically, like, that was my EFY experience. And then I did it. And I was like, I will never do this again. I think I told the lady who recruited me. I was like, you know what? This was some um, sanctimonious bullshit. Like, yeah, glad I did it. I will never do this again. I'll never recommend it to anybody else again. Love Thanks. it. Thanks. Yeah, my EFY experience, I only went once. And because I grew up here outside of Vancouver, the closest one was actually in Spokane, Washington. Oh, okay. I think. Or like most people flew to Alberta. And so I flew to the Calgary one. And I just heard that like EFY is this amazing place. You make lifelong friends. And the weird thing is like, as soon as you get there, you have to be 14 and they encourage you to like pair off with boys and boys escort, yeah. escort, escort you escort and you. walk you oh, everywhere. Yeah. That, I forgot about that. You have that. to like link arms. Yeah. Right? Like, it's so weird. I'm like, and this is all the, stupid. all the boys are always like, Oh, can I escort you? You know, yeah, they like race, like, can I escort you? And, and then like, you have to also like, the whole week builds up to the end dance, right? And you're like, who's going to take who to the dance? And That is, yeah. <laughs> I remember like on our way to a workshop or something in the University of Calgary, like in a main stairway, we were waiting to go into the classroom. And then all of a sudden, everyone breaks out into song of praise to the man. Yeah. And there's like 100 kids singing praise to the man in the middle of the University of Calgary, uh, and like normal people walking by. And I remember, I, I remember like feeling so cringe and embarrassed. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. I can't believe, I honestly, I'm amazed the university like let that happen. Like I, that's great, crazy. Did you have like, did you use the term like crush of the week? Cows, yeah. cows. Your cows. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember the, the yeah, the building counselor, whoever the main counselor was, being like, Bishop Jensen, there are some girls here who really you're their cow. And I'm like looking around at the counselors and I'm like, Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> 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 or like maybe there was one or two like kind of cute you're ones. Horrible. And and then I'm like, Oh, who whose cow am I? And they're like, Well, you know, Bugtooth over there and <laughs> Hefty Hannah over there. And I'm like, Okay, like thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. All, uh, Wait, so can, were, did counselors kind of like hook up like the youth were hooking up? Yeah, we had yeah. some counselors that kind of hooked up. Like there were, so we had, I can remember two good looking girl counselors. Yeah. And so one of them got a boyfriend who was another counselor. Um, but then the other girl, and this was just kind of stereo. I'd gone to high school with her and mm -hmm. stuff like that. We'd been in youth together. But she was extremely selective. She actually went out with uh, with Counselor Davis. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but she was extremely selective and was always very – and she was never, like, boy crazy. Yeah. But boys were always crazy about her. So she'd right. have, like, five or six boy counselors, like, chasing her around. And then, like, Bucktooth and Hefty Hannah were like, that stupid bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> Is this LK? Yeah, LK. Yeah. Um, so maybe she's listening to this podcast. I don't know. But she had, like, four or five guy counselors kind of following her around, and they're like – May I escort you? Know, you? Yeah, asking to <laughs> escort her all the time, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I just remember. Um, I talked to her because she was like a high school friend, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just talked to her like she was a friend, and guys were like, "What's the deal with you and uh, LK?" And I'm like, "There is no deal with me. Like, I've known her since I was 14. Yeah, like that's the deal. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're friends. Maybe you should just try being her friend. Yeah, you douche. Like." 
anyway, so yeah. So, honey, you got anything else about uh about EFY? EFY? I don't think so. Just again, like, why do they put so much pressure on like the end testimony meetings and like shame those who don't? Yeah their testimony like I, I, I remember always dreading the end of any camp because I was just not that person I I wouldn't join in I wouldn't cry I wouldn't bear my testimony just because I didn't feel comfortable doing so or yeah. it was like private to me right yeah but it's like lit I remember everyone in my EFY family we had a testimony meeting in like this circular room so you could see everybody and like one by one everybody went and then they were all like looking at me like waiting for me to go I yeah. think and I didn't do it like some people think that the church nefariously plans to use these cult-like tactics because by the end of EFY, you're emotionally exhausted. You've been through a bunch of highs and lows. Yeah. You felt a lot of good, welcoming, communal feelings. Yeah. And then to, to you're, you're definitely going to have an emotional experience if you bear your testimony and start talking about your feelings. And then that's going to cement this idea that you're converted to the religion, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like people think that the church has nefariously planned this. But as we know, the church is extremely bureaucratic and incredibly incompetent at anything. So it's just kind of like, I think a bunch of doofuses who are noticing, like, we all feel the spirit at the end of it, like genuinely think that yeah, they're yeah, feeling yeah. the spirit <laughs> yeah. at the end of EFY. They're like, we need to get as many of these kids to bear their testimony and really cement the experience that they've had here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There is yeah. no nefarious. It's just like a bunch of dumb, blind, leading the blind, doing these stupid things. And like genuinely believing that they're going to have a spiritual experience. That's what I think. Oh, absolutely. Well, and then like when there's, sorry, when there's like awkward silence and no one's going for a while, people get up and start doing a second testimony. Like, did yeah. you guys ever experience <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. There was a, th this wasn't at AFY, but there was this guy in one of my YSA wards I was in who would get up every single fast and testimony meeting. And he, he'd like always be the first up. And every time, his story would start with, I almost died this week. <laughs> and, and it would always be like, and he meant it. Like he meant like, I saw my life flash before my eyes. And he was this every week? big kid every week, every week. Because I remember one week when I, like one week it was, um, he, he spilt a bunch of sparkles at, at work. He worked at Michael's. And he spilt a bunch of sparkles. And then, and then he's like, and then I had to sweep it. And he was just like so exhausted by the sweeping of sparkles that he felt like he was going to die. And that was always like always his story. He always had like this near-death experience that he would share and how it further converted him to the gospel. I were, one thing, like I did see the emotional teardown over the week. And I even remember thinking, like, in the back of my mind, like, this is weird. Because mm -hmm. we had this one kid, and it turns out, like, his parents had been in the ward that I grew up in. And they kind of remembered me from when I was in primary. And they're all like, oh, this is so great. And I kind of remember them vaguely. And then they're like, well, I've got my, you know, my 14-year-old son here. And he's coming to EFY. And we would just really all be as a great experience or whatever. So me and this kid kind of have, you know, this remote connection. But you can kind of tell, and even just talking to him very briefly, he doesn't want to be there. His parents are trying to save him. He's got some non-Mormon girlfriend. They're probably mm -hmm. screwing around, you know, and all this kind of, you just kind of pick up on all that stuff. And he was usually like too cool for school for most of the things, like never bear his testimony, never answer any questions. You know, he was just like, did not want to be there. Mm -hmm. 
but he was kind of like like he was a jock so he's a bit of a cool guy so i think some of the girls had a crush on him um but by the end of it he's he gets up for testimony meeting and he's like bawling his eyes out about how he knows he needs to make some changes when he goes home but he just feels so lost and confused right and blah, blah and all and i'm like they i'm like they broke him they did like it. this is this is weird like this yeah. is not like they broke him in a good way this is like weird like it was weird for me as a counselor to see that and i was kind of yeah. like uh is that strange my co-counselor is probably like isn't this great i'm like uh no they this like, is not like this is weird dude they really they really do a number on you like i know yeah. i know they they did for me not that i was like wayward or anything but i remember it like like uh extremized me um <laughs> and and so I remember after EFY, all these girls bear their testimony. And then I remember after EFY, I, the next week I saw this girl post a picture on, on Facebook of her in a bikini. And I was just like, she's truly lost. I was like, yeah, doesn't she remember this great spiritual experience she just had? And like Mr. Judgy, right. I'm like, shame on her. How could she forget so soon? And then I remember the next year at EFY, I would tell people, I was like the veteran. I was like 15 years old. I was like, listen, guys, you know what? EFY is great, and you're going to have a great spiritual experience. But if you don't let these things enter into your heart, yeah, and you don't read your, your scriptures life. every single day after this, you know, I would do the, you know, the, the regular, temple. rather, no, the regular rather than the, um, what do they, what what's the saying they say in like, regular commitment is better than periodic exhaustion or whatever oh, okay. whatever that is um yeah and i would I, I would always say that i was like the the efy expert but then they canceled that was the last year of efy that they did at the university of calgary wow. oh they don't do it anymore no they do like uh an at home thing yeah. and it's basically it's, oh is it because of covid or no, before, before COVID. they they were trying to make it more international right and they call what do they call it fsy now for the well that's of youth? that's now for the strength of youth but the year that they stopped doing it at the ufc is because certain boys from my stake set off fireworks in oh. the dorms and uh yeah so the university was like was like no we're like Oh, the bad boys of EFY. Yeah. Oh, there were lots of lots of bad boys. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I actually had like a spiritual experience one night. It was after the first couple nights. I I'd, mm -hmm. I'd uh, put the the kids are supposed to go down at like ten thirty, and you check in to make sure they're going to bed or whatever. And yeah. then And then I went to go to bed, and I'm reading my scriptures or preparing for the next day or some crap, and I get this feeling to check on the kids. And I go check, and they're still up. Wow! And I'm like, the spirit told the me. The spirit told you to check on these kids. Yeah, because even as a counselor, like as cynical as I was about EFY, you still start to get into a like a power trip, or just like you're you're hoping for a spiritual experience, right? Right. Somewhere, or you're you're believing something, right, could happen and, and be more spiritual. Yeah. Um, so I remember that and that stuck with me for a while. That yeah. was like a, a reverse shelf item. Yeah. Something that would kind of help me hang on. Yeah. Uh, longer was a this little extra bracket where the spirit actually told me something, but it's like, what are the odds that 14 year old boys will be breaking curfew? 
Right. About a hundred percent. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Jesus got you, man. He, but, yeah. But then I, so this is the most memorable experience I had at EFY. I remember I was sitting in my like little dorm room with my counselor and, uh, and he's sitting there and I, you know, this, I'm sure you know, this counselor, um, cause it was, I'm pretty sure it was the same year that you were there and, uh, we're, we're sitting there and he calls his girlfriend and he, uh, and he like breaks up with her over the phone in front of me. Like I watched this happen. Shit. Wow. Who's your counselor? Uh, R, RP. Oh yeah, who's also an Exmo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, he he's left yeah. now. Um, and so I remember s- sitting there, and he's like, he he's like, yeah, I, you know, it's just not going to work out. Breaks up with this girl. I was like, oh, like, why'd you why'd you break up with her? And he says he says, well, man, she's not Mormon, and I can't be with somebody who doesn't care about what's most important to me. And I was like, wow, the gospel, like, it's all true. You know, like, that was like this, like, moment for me. I'm like, I got to be willing to do what it takes to, like, follow Jesus. I was, she actually took the missionary lessons. Oh, really? Yep. And it was just as I finished up being ward mission leader, he became the new ward mission leader. Yeah. And she ended up joining the church, and I went to their wedding. Really? I did too. We were together. Yeah. Oh. We went to their wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're gone. Now they're out of the church. I think they might have split too. I don't know. Oh, really? I just remember seeing him post on Facebook, this church slash corporation. And that was like my first encounter with somebody who left the church. And I was like, (gasps) I was like, but he was my EFY leader. Right. Oh, no. And yeah. And he described it, the church as a corporation. I was like, yeah, so what if the church is good with its money? You know, like I had that yeah. you know, kind of smug. Like people know and they don't they don't care. I didn't care, you know. I remember when he I was extremely judgmental of him when he left. Yeah. Behind his back to myself while yeah. I was reading his Facebook posts. Yeah. I met Which, his nephew. Uh, you like, met his nephew? Yeah, randomly. I was like hanging oh, out with right. some YSA friends here. Right. And uh and he told me his last name. I was like, Oh, do you know? And he he's like, Yeah, that's my uncle. I was like, No way. Yeah. Yeah. His auntie was one of my Sunday school teachers. But oh really? Anyway, we could get lost in yeah. how all Mormons in Alberta all, are connected. We all we all know each other. We all yeah. know each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any other do we wanna do, do we want to wrap this up here? These were like the big no, church camps. let's get camps. into young men's camps. Here, let's... And the dichotomy of young men's camps and young women's camps. Here, I, and why young women get zero budget and you guys get to do get everything Get all fun. the budget. Let's... Because my young let, men's camps were always awesome. You know what? Let's let's save this episode for another episode uh, because we're kind of run up on... Uh, oh, we're up to an hour now? Yeah, we're at, we're at an hour. And I okay. figure, you know, good time to... Good time to break. People hate right. the Great long chat, everybody. Ones. Yeah, this was so this was uh, really let's good. Plug the email because we only get emails when we plug it at the end of the episode. Okay, plug plug the email, Bishop. So, if you want to send us your EFY uh, Moroni's encampment trek trek horror stories, please send it to unmormon at gmail.com. 
or not even your horror stories. If you are an active member listening to this, we want you to bear your testimony to us over over email. Actually, if you're an active member listening to this, we want you on the show. Yeah, that would be interesting. I'm curious why you're yeah. listening to this and yeah. why you got this far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we'll see you all next week. Uh, I guess we'll say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.